This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 162 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UFC. If you've only just stumbled across us, you can subscribe via iTunes. You can also get to that link uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com. If you're on iTunes, by the way, would you be so kind as to write us a five-star review? It just helps us with our chart position. That'd be brilliant. Much appreciated. We're also all over social media, at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're uh, doing your Christmas shopping, um, and you need, uh, I don't know, new T-shirts, new shirts, maybe a Shoes? New, new jacket. Trainers, they, do the lot. they do the lot. Yeah, uh, then get yourself on our... Uh, Clothing Partners website, Luke1977.com. There's a discount code there. You get 15% off. FDLR15. Nick, true to form, has come in full Luke regalia today. Uh, just to I'm obviously... like page 12 of the catalogue, aren't you're, I? Yeah, you are. You are. Page 12 of the catalogue, yeah, indeed. FDLR15 is uh, 15% off at, uh, at checkout. Now, if you were listening to our boxing show, you'll know that right at the start of the show, we had quite a lot of humble pie. We still got some, so we're going to eat some more of it on this particular show. Anybody would think us being award-winning, we'd actually know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> However, we seem to just blag this on a week-to-week basis. Uh, never mind his 18 years of experience writing on boxing and martial arts, and my um, uh, 12 years of blagging it. Never mind any of that. We've uh, <laughs> we've we, we kind of just play it by ear on this particular show, as we seem to have done over the last seven days. Uh, because if you remember back to last week's show. Um, when we were previewing Winnipeg, we said that uh, Robbie Lawler would be far too big for Rafael Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos, obviously, traditionally, the lightweight champion of the world, and therefore, yeah, okay, he's come up, he's looked decent at welterweight, but he's going to be drowned out by the bigger man. Fucking hell, how wrong were we? Just a bit. He put, um, mate, the lad put on a clinic. I know. The exactly. little, It was like a fly, just flying around the octagon, wasn't he? Pop, pop, pop. Pop, pop, pop. Then he got him on the deck. Yeah. You know, give him a bit of a wrestle. Then got back up and pop, pop, pop again. I'm thinking, Jesus, Raphael, you have just come to the welterweight party, my friend. Yeah, we've criticised Rafael de Sanos in the past because of the fact he became the lightweight champion. Then he changed his training team and it seemed to be a bit of here, there and everywhere. And we picked up on the past that dropping Rafael Cadero wasn't the shrewdest move when you become lightweight champion. Um, and he, he seemed to go backwards and then he moved up to welterweight He's had this incredible run, but it was kind of only the weekend when he was ring walking. I was like, oh shit, Jason Perillo's his new head coach. Jason mm. Perillo, Bisping's as we know, boy. Bisping's coach, Chris Cyborg's coach, uh, former boxing coach turned MMA head coach. Yeah. Um, and he's completely, you know, took Desanos not even back to where he was. He's took him forward again. Yeah. His hands look fantastic now. His stand-up looks great. And as you say, he just did not get involved with Robbie Lawler. He did not fight Robbie Lawler's fight. Mm. He just took Robbie Lawler to school. Made made Lawler look like an old man. Made Lawler look like a guy that's got 25 years on the clock. Whereas previously, Lawler's been able to suck people into a fight. De Sanyos just, it was a bit of a masterclass. Uh, and it was, you know... Well, at lightweight. For someone that's watched Robbie Lawler for a long time as well, you watch that and you think... All right, mate, you know... Time's up. You t- the, the time looks like it's yeah, up yeah. now. You've just been schooled by someone. This should have been a 50-50. Well, if you, if you, look, at, around. If you look at Rafael Dos Anjos, what, what a weird couple of years it's been, right? Because his last um, stint at lightweight, he was 0-2. I think that was in the same year, actually, in 2016. And if, if, if I'm right in thinking, if my dates are correct here, that's the same year that he was due to fight uh, Connor. Yeah. Uh, and he pulled out because of that foot injury. Now, yep. imagine if he'd have fought Connor. Mm-hmm. 
and beat Connor. How different when he was riding the crest of a wave. How different would the paths be right at this moment in time? Anyway, yeah. we're spitballing. It didn't happen. All right. Uh, so Connor, the Connor fight didn't happen. He ends up going zero and two. I think in 2016, Alvarez and Ferguson. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <clears throat> then he makes his change to welterweight, yeah. and now now he's four and zero at welterweight. He's gone on a right stint, hasn't he? Is he four and three and three and So I apologise. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah three and zero. Yeah. So he's he's moved up to welterweight. Yeah, we criticised it a little bit because we thought, all right, he's clearing off because he's done at lightweight. He can't really get back in that mix because it's full of killers. But welterweight's full of killers. He's gone there and made some right statements. First fight, okay, against someone that we don't necessarily know too much about. Yeah, he's put on a great show. Then whilst he's over in Singapore, he puts on a brilliant boxing masterclass. You think, hey, oh, what the fuck's going on here? Mm-hmm. This was the big test. This was the big step up. Former lightweight champion against a former welterweight champion. Yeah. And he took him to Chinatown, man. He took him to school. Yeah, big time. Yeah, exactly. And it looks like, you know, some guys just seem to get a new lease of life up at the next weight class. Suddenly they think, fucking hell, I should have moved up here a long time ago. I've been killing myself. And when, when in hindsight, you look back and you think, you know what, I'm spending, you know, six, seven weeks of my fight camp worried about my weight. And that's yeah, my biggest concern rather than th- thinking technically I'm going to beat this guy in front of me. And sometimes when you move up a weight class, suddenly worrying about weight is no longer on the agenda. I'm on weight. You, you know you're going to make weight. Yeah, yeah. You know you've got no problem making 170 because usually at this stage with four weeks to go, you're at 170 going, fuck, I've got to get down to 155. So I bet you three weeks ago, he was like 174, 175, like going, what, cutting what weight? I'm, you know, just fucking, it's water weight now. It's a piece of piss. So... Technically, he's able to be a lot more switched on. So he goes into a fight with Robbie Lawler going, I know exactly what to expect, and I know exactly how I'm going to counter it. I'm going to take him down. I'm going to pop him up. I'm going to use fast hands. I'm going to use good lateral movements. I'm going to make this easy for myself, and that's exactly what he's done. And now in this welterweight division, you know, he's starting to stack up as a genuine threat to Tyron Woodley. Mm. And yes, he's of, you know, we, we talk about pools in this welterweight yeah, division yeah, yeah. being two of them. Mm. He's most certainly in the big boy pool. Oh, no you doubt. Know, you know, and, and, and in that pool, that's where the next challenge of a Tyron Woodley is going to come from. So for me right now, it's hard to look at anybody else because he's fresh blood at this welterweight division. For Ty- he's got a good shot, a chance of getting Tyron Woodley next. They've got a problem, haven't they, UFC? Because Tyron's obviously, he's now announced that he's having surgery, so he's going to be out for a bit of time. So yeah. the, the the belt's tied up, the the welterweight uh, division's kind of on a little bit of lockdown until Tyron's back in, back in the mix. So what did they do? Did they create an interim title in the meantime just to keep the freshness, keep it ticking over? And if so, you'd think that RDA is going to be one of them. Yeah. Who's the other guy? Of course... I think the, the issue that they've got, of course, is the fact that, as you say, Woodley's now come out and said that he's definitely going to be out for some period of time. Now, this comes back to my philosophy with UFC, which I'm still adamant they should bring in, that if a champion doesn't defend within a 12-month cycle, they get stripped of the belt. Even if it's Connor. Well, even if it's Conor, yeah. <laughs> like, even if it's Conor. You, you, you pause for a minute there. I thought you were going to yeah. say, even if it's Tyron, because you know he's my boy. No, no, and no. I was going to go, unless it's Tyron Woodley, because he's <laughs> T-Wood and me are tight. But... Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. You know, I think at the end of the day, if you're out for a 12-month period, or like this, Woodley's going, okay, I'm going to go and have surgery. I'm going to be out for three months. Then they go, okay, well, that's going to be at least 10 months then, or or nine months. I think he fought in, the, in June or July mm. against Damian Meyer. They should look at that and go, okay, wait a minute, that belt's basically going to be 
out of out of order for ten months. Then okay, so six months out that triggers a potential interim title fight unless the champion can have a fight scheduled. He can't have a fight scheduled. So let's throw an interim belt in. The beauty of the UFC is we hate them in boxing because people keep interim belts and ride off into the sunset and fucking defend them six times. In the UFC, if you're the interim champion, it's very rare any, anyone defends an interim belt. The interim belt basically means as soon as the champ's back, you're, you're the guy. Or if the champ don't come back, it just gets upgraded. It just gets upgraded, and that's the beauty of it. So I would like to see an interim welterweight champion right now just because Woodley's confirmed he's going to be out for a couple more months. Right now, it looks like, for me, the Sanyos against potentially Kobe Covington. I wouldn't be against that at all. I think both those guys measure up really well. Yeah. But then I also want to see Darren Till fight Kobe Covington. Um Stephen Thompson has done everything he can to stay away from Darren Till. So does he deserve a shot for the interim belt? I don't think so. I think Plus, he, I don't want to see it. He's, he's had his shots. He's had his shots at Tyrone twice. He's had two twice. shots. No one wants to see a third fight. No, they don't. That's the problem. With, the problem with Wonderboy, that's the ultimate problem. No matter who he beats now, nobody has wants to see Woodley part three. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's in this weird position now. Woodley, uh, Thompson be better off coming over to the Little Shark Tank and trying to clean house there. That's the only way he's going to do it. Because he ain't necessarily going to get that fight back again so but right now with the Sanyos again that Kobe Covington fight I wouldn't be against that I wouldn't be against seeing that I'd say for an interim belt I'd tell you what I was impressed with at the weekend on the microphone this was Santiago Ponzinibbio very impressed because straight away without even batting an eyelid he was going whoever wins Lola Rodier yeah that's who I want yeah so he's put his name yeah He's, he's obviously thinking how we were thinking last week. Those guys in the little short tank, Ponzinibbio, Mike Perry, Darren Till, obviously those guys, yep. even Kobe's in there at this moment in time, they are wanting to get into the big boys' tank. That's mm-hmm. what they want to do. They want to get over there. Ponzinibbio knows that straight away. He's beaten one of the other young hungry sharks. Yeah. And he's like, get me over there straight away. So could you rule him out? Ponzinibbio and no, Ardia. I think, I think that was a great shout by Ponzinibbio as well. And just to, obviously, regular listeners will know, I did call Ponzinibbio. I did say be Mike Perry. So, you know, I'll take that one to the bank. A lot of people thought Perry was going to beat him, including our good friend Dan Hardy had said to me, nah, mate, he's got no, you know, I'm definitely backing Perry for this one. I kind of knew Ponzinibbio was going to get the job done for me. It was just too much of it. He's got too much of everything Nobody for Mike likes Perry. self-praise. Self-praise is no praise. Well, I'm trying to build myself back up because you said at the beginning of the show we're shite. We haven't got a clue what's going on no, because we don't. Robbie Lawler got beat. No, we don't. I'm, t- I'm trying to reiterate. No, we, we do know what we're talking about. No, 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 we don't. Listen, there's people that tune into the show. They, they know full well that we're full of shit. We've they got ju- to come they, on to Danny no, Roberts soon, and we ju- didn't call that one either. Listen, they're just here for the crack. They're just here for me and you talking about big shits in a toilet and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. That's all they're asked about. That's true. No, you know what I mean. Every That's now and true. again, we scatter in a little bit of UFC, and they go, "Oh, they're talking about fighting." Yeah, they know fuck all about that. Fast forward. <laughs> Where's the funny shit? <laughs> That's bad. Basically, where they're at. Yeah. Anyway. Ponzinibbio on the mic, yeah. Calling out a big guy, definitely. I, it would have been too easy for him to call out Darren Till because, let's face it, if Mike Perry wins here, Mike Perry calls out Darren Till because he's stupid. Ponzinibbio's got <laughs> the right attitude. Call out someone from the... Call out someone go that's going to move you forward. Go big. Go big. 100%. Darren Till did it. Wait, Darren Till did it. He called out Ponzinibbio when he was just underneath this. Yeah. He ended up getting the cowboy fight. Yeah. Done what he did with the... Cow- I'm a little bit gutted. I'm going to be honest with you, right? I'm absolutely gutted that Perry didn't win this fight because it now puts the Darren Till fight on the back burner. Yeah, but I would rather see Darren Till again. These little sharks, why? Why say little sharks? These young sharks in the in the second tank. I don't want to necessarily see them fight each other. There's no point. 
I want to see them skip over. I want to see. I want to see the generation swap now. I want to see a transition. Mm. I want to see fresh blood for Tyron Woodley and see how good he actually is against someone that's in there young, hungry, and looking to take his head off. Mm. And I think they only come from this other tank. Yes, I think RDA probably deserves his shot now, but. We've seen Damian Meyer, we've seen Wonderboy Thompson, we've seen Robbie Lawler. They've all had a go and they can't touch Tyron Woodley. It's going to come from this other tank. Let's get these over there now. Yeah. Let's mix it together in 2018. Right. So that's why I'm, I'm happy Ponzinibbio won because I think Ponzinibbio, Darren Till, Kobe Covington, I've got all them ranked above Mike Perry anyway. I love Mike Perry. I think he's entertaining, mm. but he's very one-dimensional. Mm. He's a throwback fighter. He's a sprawling brawler. That's all he is. Yeah. He's not very dynamic. Technically, he's not great. Well, he was winning that fight, the first round. I thought he won the first round. But for me, he just... Because of that one dimension, Ponzinibbio figured it out nice Big and early and, yeah. then, and then put, put it on him for, yeah. the, for the next two rounds. Spinning back fist was lovely. And yeah. listen, don't get me wrong, Mike Perry's got a fucking cracking chin, mate. Yeah. No wonder he called him platinum. I think he's got a platinum jaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he took some massive, massive shots. Mm. But, but you are right. At the, out of all those young, hungry sharks, I would have him at the bottom end of that tail. Yeah. It's very difficult now. For me, Ponzinibbio's number one yeah, because of what he's just done. He's beaten another guy in the same pool. So it's like, for me, he deserves a crack over at the other 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 till. But then Darren Till's just well, hang on a minute. cowboy. I, hang on, I haven't finished. Don't right. jump the fucking gun just because he's your mate and you're defending Scousers, like left, right and centre. Then what you've got is Darren Till, for me, slightly above Kobe Covington slightly them for me them two are much of a muchness at this moment in time like yeah. you said uh, Darren fantastic victory in Gdansk against Cowboy a very much coming out fight now I agree exactly what you've just said those guys in that smaller pool that younger pool have got to start fighting guys now over the other side so Ponzinibbio's done the right thing I yeah. would love to see Ponzinibbio and RDA maybe for an interim title yeah. or as you rightfully said RDA and Kobe Covington mm-hmm. I want to see Darren Till Sort out Wonderboy. Yeah, me too. That's, That's what I, I want to see. Want I want to see Darren Till Wonderboy because then what that does, if he, and I, I believe he can do, Darren comes through, through that fight, he's the boy then, isn't he? He's the boy. He's beating the guy that be, that didn't that fell short of the guy. He's the number one ranked welterweight. There you go. Stephen Thompson. There you go. But if he beats him, then he's right in that mix for a shot at either the interim title, whether it be RDA coming through that, mm-hmm. or when Tyron comes back, he's in for a he's in for a shot there, mate. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I think this welterweight division, you know, mixing these two ponds together, I think absolutely makes sense. And you know what makes sense now, mate? Uh, Cowboy Cerrone against you know uh, Mike Perry. Make that fight then. I think that fight's a fun fight as well. So. You know, and that's the fight to stay relevant in this welterweight division. I think both those guys take that fight because it's a massive fight. Where does Robbie go? Um, it's a strange one with Robbie Lawton at the moment because of the manner of his loss at the weekend. Yeah. He looked old. He looked one-dimensional. He looked like he just couldn't break into RDA. He couldn't stop the momentum. And that's worrying when you're someone who's as talented as Robbie Lawton and has got yeah. the experience Robbie Lawton has got. If you can't find another game plan, or another gear to move back through. Don't bear in mind, Robbie Lawler was with a new camp at the weekend as well mm. as new training team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he hasn't gone forward. That's I don't want to take too much away because I think RDA was outstanding. But for me, for Robbie Lawler not to be able to change his game plan to at least have a bit of an impact on one round, he lost all five rounds. Yeah, he lost all five rounds. So it, it's back to the drawing board time for Robbie Lawler. I'm afraid. Mm. Uh, you mentioned Danny Roberts. 
also another guy that's in this welterweight division that's got um, big ambitions of obviously doing something in this particular division. Now, he's fought Mike Perry previously, fought him at uh, UFC Manchester. 2 or 4 in Manchester uh, and was brutally finished in that fight. But it was a great fight. It was a competitive yeah. fight. It was very, very back and forth. Again, it comes down to the fact that Mike Perry's got a platinum chin because yeah. he hit Mike Perry with bombs and Mike Perry didn't go anywhere and Mike Perry landed bombs. And unfortunately, every time he landed, Danny looked like he was he was getting getting hurt and ultimately that's what led to the stoppage but that was a close fight in Manchester yeah, it was very close until obviously the stop and then what we've seen we've seen Danny rebuild off after surgery off bounced the back, back in off, Glasgow off great knockout yeah he's bounced back on a couple of occasions he's back in the mix now and then at the weekend a real opportunity uh, against uh, Nordin Taleb who's Neymar's bodyguard I've been told Neymar's bodyguard well I didn't know that yeah, yeah. it's a good show anyway he has a fight with him at the weekend um and I don't know if you've seen this, but it was a brutal KO, wasn't it? I mean, to be fair, the head kick was, it stunned him. Yeah. And he was just a wide open target there. And fair play That's to... Scary. You've got to say, fair play to Taleb, because that is yeah. mixed martial arts. At the end of the day, he, st he stuns him, he sniffed out his opportunity, and like a shark, he went for the finish, and he took him clean out, didn't he? Yeah, I fell for Danny afterwards, just because to get knocked, that's like every fighter, whether it's boxing or MMA, that's your worst nightmare, isn't it? Getting caught in the first minute and then ultimately get finished because you haven't even started, have you? You know, no. you, you, you're just feeling that you're way into the fight. And Taleb threw that nice high kick and Danny really didn't didn't quite see it coming. Uh, it caught clean. And the worst thing was, because he fell back into the fence, the fence kept him up. Had it been the other side of the octagon, I think Danny falls onto his back, onto his back and then suddenly you're on your back then, you can kind of defend what's coming at you. I don't think he was that badly stunned by the kick. It landed heavy and he, and he lost his legs for a second because he was so close to the fence. He automatically, human nature, reached back and grabbed the fence to keep him up. Whereas if he's another 10 feet further forward, the fence is not there. He falls onto his back. Chances are he can see Taleb close in. He might be able to pull him into guard and it, it, you know he might live to, to see out the it. round or whatever it may be. Because the fence is there, his back hits the fence. He starts sliding down it. He grabs onto the fence. Wide open. So now his chin is completely defenceless. He's a sitting duck, and Taleb, like he should do, steps straight in with that right hand, right down the pipe. Couldn't have landed any cleaner. Danny's out as soon as it hits, hits him on the jaw, unfortunately. Mm. And uh, you know it was an absolutely sound stoppage by the referee. I know Danny was upset afterwards, but I didn't know Danny probably didn't know what fucking day it was when he was when he was remonstrating to the referee. Um, I fell for him because we know, you know, we we know there's there's guys that you know. Week in, week out, we talk about great knockouts and great submissions, and we, we don't often shine a light on the guy that gets knocked out or gets submitted in spectacular fashion. But, you know, they all graft. They've all got families. They all work. 99% of these guys are fucking great. That's why we, that's why we cover fight sports, because we love the stories of these guys. But it's only when you really know someone on a personal level that like you feel their pain when something like that happens yeah. because we know how hard he works. We know he's got a lovely young son that he adores, but he sacrifices being being with to live in Florida, to train with Henry Hooft and all the killers over there, to further his game, to become better at what he does. And unfortunately, you know, when this fight was made, and it was made at late notice, don't forget, um, Nordin Taleb, you know, he's a, he's a killer. He's a former middleweight as well. You know, I, I didn't like this fight when it was announced for Danny. But obviously, you know, you're hoping for the best. You're hoping yeah, technically yeah, yeah. he's going to come through it. But uh, his knockout was one of three knockout losses for British fighters on this card at the weekend as well. Bambosi was knocked out by uh, Di Ch Chirico or whatever his name was, that sensational flying knee thing. Uh, and then two fights, uh, the fight straight after Danny as well. Uh, uh, 
Buffando. Uh, oh no, Darren Stewart it was. That's sorry, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, Darren Stewart, the dentist. He goes and gets submitted in the second round. So three stoppage losses for Brits uh, in Canada. Not a great weekend for British fighters, but. Uh, you know, unfortunately, these guys have got to rebuild now, come back in 2018. And, you know, Danny's, again, he's just got to go back to the drawing board. And I, I get it. Taleb's a killer, man. He's, he, we knew he was going to be a big hitter. But getting caught so early like that, and again, any fighter will tell you that's, that's just like the worst nightmare. Mm. Worst Look at it from Danny's point of view. There's a good couple of opportunities next year. Uh, to get himself back on the horse. UFC London, yeah. UFC Liverpool's not... We ain't got a date yet, but we know no. it's going to come. Yeah, uh, so, And I'm not that doubt that he wants to be a part of that. And you want to be around home fans, creature comforts, course in order to get yourself back on the back on the wagon and uh we wish you all the best have a fantastic christmas mate we know you listen to the show um it was heartbreaking to watch that at the weekend i'm sure you're even more heartbroken than us of course uh, and we wish you all the best for uh 2018 another kid that's extremely heartbroken from our neck of the woods pietro menga uh salford's own this is a really weird one mate a yeah. really weird one and i think we I'm, i mean i maybe was a little bit harsh with my initial thoughts and comments on this particular situation. Okay. Um, and it's all about... I know well, I used to train in Liverpool right. for a spell. It's all, it's, all about weight, it's all about weight cutting. Yeah. I think the UFC have to take some responsibility 100%. for this particular situation. For those that don't know, Pietro took, um, he took a fight on... He's a career last flyweight. Let's yeah. just say that. He's a career flyweight. Right. So he's taken a, a fight uh, at last minute notice. He's bulking up is what he's doing. That was his plan. His plan was to bulk up. Now he's... To go on tough... So yeah. what happened was they were doing tryouts for the next season of the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. And even though he's a flyweight, he was bulking up to enter the next season of the Ultimate Fighter at 155. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 145, 155. 155 he was going in that, yeah. So he was trying to put as much weight on as possible. Then he got the call. He didn't get on the show, but they said to him, there might be an opportunity here back at your natural weight in Canada, yeah. missing an opponent. And this is two weeks. Two weeks They're ago. They're giving him two weeks' notice yeah. to shift 155 down to 125. Back down to his natural weight division, yeah. So they put that on him, and then obviously he turned up in Canada. With bear in mind, bear in mind, he's not a UFC fighter. No, no, he isn't. This, no. this was his debut. This was his big opportunity. So yeah. the kid's not going to turn that down. Of course. He ain't going to say no to it. So he snapped, snapped the hand off. Yeah, of course I'll do it. He got down to 131. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor said, fucking stop this because you're busting your kidneys up, mate. And yeah. the doctor wouldn't let him do anymore. So you've, I, I really feel for him. Initially, you go, fucking hell, UFC debut and you've missed weight. That was my fault. I apologise, Pietro, if you listen to the show, mate. I didn't know the full backstory of what you were doing. I didn't know that you were doing the, the tough stuff. I've had a good look at it now. And they've got to take some responsibility because yeah. you can't, you can't, you've got to understand this is a life-changing moment for him to go to the so UFC. he's never going to turn it down. No, he's never going to turn it down. The pressure's there. He's going to say yes, but you know full well that he's at 155 pounds yeah. and you're asking him to get down to 125. All right, exactly. yes, it's his weight that he's been fighting at, but fucking hell, come on, guys. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, they should have... The day they said to him, there's an opportunity here, the first question they should have asked is... Thanks for coming to trials. You know, you didn't make it or whatever it may be, but, you know, there's something on the horizon. By the way, what are you weighing today? Because you were 155 at the trials last week or whatever it is. Have you lost any? Are you, you down know, at 140? Are you going back to Yeah, exactly. But instead, it feels like they've rang him. And listen, maybe the UFC did do that and maybe he told them I was, he was almost on weight yeah, or whatever. Yeah. He's going to say that. He wants a shot at the UFC. He's just been the fucking trials, for Christ's sake. Mm. So to then go to him, 
there's a chance to actually just go straight in the UFC in your natural weight division as well against the guy who won tough and fought Demetrius Johnson for the belt. Mm. So a former world title challenger. Do you fucking think he's going to say? Of course mm. he's going to say yeah. But he wasn't able to get down to the weight. You know, and then in a lot of ways you can't, they must have said to Elliot, listen, he's here, he's well overweight, we still want the fight to happen. Put yourself in Tim Elliott's shoes. He's like, wait a minute, I had to go through fucking tough to get on this, to get back in the UFC. And now you want me to put my career and my family's future and everything else I've worked so hard for again on the line against some kid who is undefeated. Also. For as, as far as I know, is a fucking little killer. Hmm. No, I'm not taking that fight. I'm yeah. not risking my livelihood. Well, in Australia, there were four... Um, Miss weights, yeah, and all four lads that miss weight that won. came in over won exactly. So rightfully so, he's gone. Fuck yeah. that shit. I'm yeah. not going to give my give it away. Pound or two is one thing, but you know when you're coming in five and six pounds over. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. So I'm not knocking Tim Elliott for it. Absolutely, I do feel for Menga. I hope he does get his chance. Yeah, same. And I I tell you another thing. Off the back of this, the UFC need to fucking look at the way that they treat fighters that make weight but then don't get a fight because of their opponent hasn't made weight. Yeah, I know. The way that they treated Tim Elliott over the weekend is absolutely ridiculous. He's done fuck all wrong. He's he's done his part of the contract. He should get the full crack, full purse, none of this half shit. He should get his sponsorship money, his Reebok money. He should get everything. Everything that he has adhered to do yeah. and agreed to do, he should get it. They need to look into this, man, because that is shit. He's got a young family to support, you know what I mean? It's not like he can go back to work next week and earn exactly. a boatload of cash. Exactly. This is it. This is his payday. So he's done an entire fight camp. So he's got to pay for that. Who pays it's the not free. partners? Who pays it's not the coaches? Free. Yeah. Who pays for everything? So unless you're in a title fight with the UFC as well, they only pay for one coach. They only pay for one coach to fly with you to that event, and you're going to share a room with that coach. That's how it works. Mm. So if you're on the undercard, unless you're in a title fight or a main event, if you're on any UFC card, they pay for one coach's travel and they pay for a twin room and you share it with your coach. That's standard. Now, if you want a second coach and 99.9% of fighters want at least the second coach and anyone that watches UFC know, they usually have three, three coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to pay their flights, their travel and their hotel room. So suddenly, and adding your sparring partners... Unless you've got sponsors, add in your nutrition, add in your right dieting, add in your strength and conditioning coach, add in petrol to the gym, your gym fees, everything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, a standard fight camp, even for a lower level guy like this, could cost 20 grand. Yeah, yeah. Easy, easy 20 grand. And yet you go into an event and they go, yeah, you, you, the guy who we brought in as a substitute 24 hours ago because you know the guy failed his medical, well, he, he's overweight. Well, you don't want to take the fight? Oh, okay, then we'll pay you the bare bones then he didn't even get his full fight pace no he didn't he got half of it bullshit. shocking it is bullshit and yeah. they need to look into that and they yeah. need to well this is what it's not fair listen we've been speaking about this throughout the whole course of the year haven't we you know what I mean a fighters union in order to try and get some fighters rights because yeah a lot of people will. Well, that's all died a death now, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. All that bullshit. I mean, died. we we sit here and we we love watching it as a spectacle, but we're fortunate enough to know the the backstories of this and the real stuff, the stuff that you've just been alluding to there, that many fight fans listening to this show won't know about. Going, you what? They fucking share a room and they don't pay for this and they don't pay for that, and it costs fifteen to twenty thousand pounds for a bloody fight camp and all this type of stuff. Yeah. Not a lot of people know about that type of shit. No, they need to be made aware of it, and the UFC. Need, whoever's in charge of it now needs to be just a duty of care to the athletes that are part of their roster. They need to look after these guys. You know what I mean? They need to, they, they need to treat them in a way like human beings. Like staff. Yeah, exactly that. 
Um, so I feel for Tim Elliott. Hopefully that uh, they can get him a fight in the. Well, early they've told about they're going to get him. <clears throat> they're going to get him out as soon as possible, so that all doesn't go to waste. But, but he's got to do another camp. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's wasted that. All that money's wasted. He's done what he signed a contract and he's done what they asked him to do. He should get paid for that. He should do absolutely because he's turned up and he's turned up on weight, and he's and he's been prepared to fight, mm. um, and that's kind of blew up in his face now. But the UFC is in a weird transition stage at the moment. I can see that being the long term future. I think the fighter union thing. It's a shame that's died a death now because that's what the sport needs. The UFC being the leader, you know, in this in this sport, uh, the driver and the real pioneer of this sport. I'm surprised they haven't appointed someone like a um, a Randy Couture, or you know, obviously I know he's he's got a fractured relationship with Dana, but you know, so okay, someone like a Dan Hardy. Then let's say Dan Hardy, for instance. Obviously, Dan's on his own path; he's the best analyst on the planet now. But someone like that that has been in the sport, knows the sport well, former world champ, you know, pick a former world champ. Maybe this is a job for Bispin. Maybe you know, someone like that, someone that's finished but is integral part of the UFC that all fighters respect, that's been there, they should employ someone like that to be like a, a fighter liaison officer. Brad someone Pickett. that's Yeah, someone that's in there speaking yeah. on a boardroom level representing the fighters. And then they wouldn't necessarily need a union because they'll have someone in there pitching for them going, come on, this Reebok deal, it's shite. You know, guys can get... Vita Belfort was making $100,000 in adver- in sponsorship on his shorts alone per fight. Yet now he gets six grand off of Reebok. It, it doesn't work. I, let's not get onto the whole uniform thing because, you know, as we know, no, no one's fans of the uniforms outside of the UFC boardroom. The fans don't like it. The fighters don't like it. Obviously, the potential sponsors certainly don't like it. Did you notice the weekend as well? Robbie Lawler had an American Ethanol gum shield in. Yeah, did. Sponsors gum shield, and they zoomed in on his face just as they announced him, and he just went, ching, and pointed to it, and quickly they changed the camera angle. You'd probably get fined for that. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. But that's one of the that was one of the great things about fight sports, because... Look at it, you can see the personality. Dan Hardy with the red Mohican and the skulls on his shorts and shit like that. And you know, all these all these that made them them. You know, mm. I was chatting to Dan last week and he made a great point on that saying in wrestling, that's kind of the whole thing. You have a personality. You can't, you yeah, do, you that's do yourself, you, you know, yeah. the fucking Bush Tuckers or whatever, the Legion of Doom and shit like that. I'm showing my age. Bush now, aren't I? Tuckers. Do you remember the Bush Tuckers? No, the Bush Whackers. I remember the Bush Whackers. The Bush, whackers. The bush yeah, Tuckers yeah. is something that fucking Amir Khan's been doing in the jungle, isn't it? <laughs> the Bush Whackers? Yeah, right. I remember them. Yeah. Who was the fucking dude with the uh, the two by four? Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Yeah, proper. Right. How the fuck did he come up with? Right, right, what are you going to do when you go out? Oh, I don't know, my name's Jim Duggan, so uh, have we got any props around? Is a fucking piece of wood. I'll be Hacksaw This is my piece of wood. Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake, man. I heard he really got that name because he's got a 12 inch cock. Really? Yeah. Nothing yeah, to do with him. It was only later on he actually got the snake involved. All oh, right, okay. So, bit of inside information there from wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we've fucking gone on a um, complete tangent here. But that's what UFC. Talk about this on Friday. That's where I want the UFC to go again. I want it to be more pierced. I want it to be more fucking, you know, more themed, less uniformed. It bores me. I know Reebok have they brought this second wave of kit out now, which is ooh different colours and stuff like that. Yeah. But come on, man! Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna treat the people that work under your organisation that way, the way that they're treating them at this moment in time, like the staff, 
Yeah, but they're not treating them like staff. But if you're going to treat them, i.e. dress them in uniforms, yeah. drug test them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you, what are you fucking drug then testing put them me on for? Then put them on wages. You're not paying me month by month. Yeah, absolutely. How dare you drug test me? Absolutely. Put them on wages. Do, treat them with all the benefits of being on staff. Yeah. But if you're not going to give them all the benefits of being on staff, then you've got to treat them as freelancers. Yeah. And if you're a freelancer, you can do what the fuck you want. Exactly. If you want to have a... Listen, this is my kit. You know what I mean? I'm sponsored by whoever I'm sponsored by. Absolutely. I'm going to sell my ass left, right and centre and I'll do X, Y and Z. And they should be allowed to do that. That's the imagine way it should work. To, imagine turning up to a job and they went, sorry, Adam, the uh, the producers forgot the batteries for the fucking kit today, so... We're going to knock batteries. on Batteries. Because <laughs> all this runs on batteries. He's <laughs> forgot the triple A's today. Oh, so. lads, no podcast today. I forgot my fucking Judicel. <laughs> but imagine you turned up and he went, but tell you what, we'll give you your bus fare, lad, home. You'd be like, will you fuck? No. I'm here, I'm ready to go. That's right. You're paying me my wages. There's me invoice, lads. Exactly, yeah. End of. So I don't understand why Tim Elliott goes all the way to Canada and gets told, sorry, mate, yeah, we'll pay your expenses, but, uh, you know. I, it's just fucking outrageous. It's mm. outrageous and something that desperately... And listen, it's terrible. This is the highest level of the sport. Yeah, it is. So fucking imagine what goes on below this level. That's and it. that gives you a little insight into the Wild West that is professional mixed martial arts currently on a global scale. Mm. Well, you say that this is the uh, the top level. We're, we're, I'm just going to go up another level in a minute, all right? Because that's the top level. Um, the numbers are officially out now for yeah. uh, May Mac. Uh, which happened this year. Christ. We're going to be talking about that on our 2017 review of the year. We've got a special show coming out on Friday for you. We're throwing all the boxing and all the UFC into one big pot, and hopefully we're going to come up uh, with a little bit of uh, an award ceremony which you can vote on on our social media. So make sure you follow us at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But the May Mac numbers are out. It's fallen just short of May Pack, which we told you about earlier on this year. Yep. Um, I think May Pack's official figures were 4.6 in the North America. This is fighting them. Not worldwide. Uh, 4.3 is uh, where they're at for uh, for May Max. So only just narrowly missing out. Mental. Mm. For Mental. a circus. For not for a geezer that's never even had a boxing Second fight. Second richest prize fight in the history mm. of sports. Richer than uh, Tyson. Any Tyson fight. De La Hoya. Any, richer than any De La Hoya fight. Mad. And he's ne- and he's only had one boxing event as, uh, as Connor. Listen, Connor needs to get his shit together and get back in the octagon. That's what Connor needs to do. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I don't want any of this Pacquiao chat. I don't want any of this Pacquiao chat. He's making noises about it, isn't he? He's making noises that if he does fight again, it's going to be a real fight. It's going to be MMA. Um, a proper knock. A proper knock, yeah. Which is great. I want to see him back in the York. They're gone desperately. But listen, I'm sure we'll come on, on to this on Friday's show. But there's only one fight I can see him taking in the UFC. And unfortunately, it's not at featherweight and it's not at lightweight. It's a super fight with GSP. GSP. That's the only fight I can see him taking because it's the only fight that comes... Even Nate makes money. Even, net, the net fight yeah, makes money. Potentially, but then I'll just sell Nate again when there's guys like Tony Ferguson and Khabib Barbosa winner this weekend and whatever else. He has to give his belts and, up. And, and uh, He has to give his belts up. Is what Max Holloway. There's, there's, oh, there's four or five more legitimate fights than Nate three, I'm sorry. And I include GSP in that mix as well. I just can't see the Nate fight happening. Yeah, but he ain't going to do but it. But financially, he doesn't it defend. Mate, money. it's all about money. He doesn't defend belts. He ain't asked about that shit. Um, he still will class himself as the champ champ even yeah. though he hasn't got one of those belts anymore Max yeah. has got one of those belts it's all about dollar and you are right There's a, for me there's two fights there's Nate and there's GSP that's it isn't it that's it unfortunately yeah because I'd he love to see him fight he isn't going to fight him he isn't going to do it I'd love to see him fight Max Holloway 
He ain't going to do that. But that ain't going to happen either. No. He's beaten him once. That he's he's got an excuse for that one. Why do I want to go and fight him again? And I don't fight yeah. at one four five anymore. I've done him. Yeah, true. It's a shame because I think the Tony Ferguson one is the one. Of course it is. That's the one. Or yeah. Khabib in Russia or something like that. That's the one, isn't it? But it ain't going to happen. Let's get it all out of our heads. He ain't coming back. The only way Khabib happens is if it is in Russia and some crazy fucking Russian oligarch throws a ton of money at it and and allows it to happen. Other than that, it'll be New York, it'll be GSP, and it'll be Rich. And it'll be the last one. Because there isn't anybody else. Potentially for them both, it's the last one. That's it. Both of them putting their gloves in the octagon at the end. Well, uh, Yeah. But then I can see Connor probably coming back and fighting at Croke Park in some kind of... McGregor promotions, hybrid kickboxing matches, some bullshit like that. Mm. And that could be night three. Mm. Um, we are going to get on to uh, Nick's favourite fight and favourite event of the year because we've got one more still to go um, this year where uh, Cyborg takes on Holly Holm. You're buzzing for that, aren't you? You can't get enough of it. Mm. Uh, but before we get there, did you watch any Bellator at the weekend? Uh, yes, well, I watched Bama first. Yeah, you had a little bit of nosy in. I had a little nose at Bellator afterwards, but I was more I was more interested in the Bama stuff. Did you? Totally honest. Did you? Did you? Uh, your mate from Geordie Shore did the business again, didn't he? <laughs> no, yeah. Hey, first, <laughs> listen, you're right on that Bama. Mate, you, I fucking can't get enough of it because the first fight it was a gimme. It was like, are you taking the piss? The kid from Geordie yeah. Shore. For those that don't know what this is, right? If you're listening in America, think Jersey Shore but fucking scummier, right? <laughs> think Jersey, but I don't even know if you can get scummier than Jersey Shore, but we got... I think got... it's scummier, I just think it's Geordia, that's all. It's the no. same fucking format. Nah, nah, whatever. It's They're all shagging each other. Guido's stuff, so. shagging each other, yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> right, so that that's basically the premise. Now, there's a kid that's on that TV show that fancies himself as a mixed martial artist, right? It's called Aaron. Anyway, this lad... He had a fight earlier on in the year with all his like housemates that are in the crowd and all this type of stuff. He has a bit of a knock with his kid, and the kid falls over, and you think to yourself, well, that were a gimme. Yeah, I fucking bought into this absolute bullshit. Anyway, second fight, I think this is actually quite a decent knock, this. Ends up getting a decent victory. Third fight at the weekend, he's up against a kid that I thought, right, this is a proper test now. Here we go. Fucking sparks him in the first round. I'm like, what? The kid from Geordie Shaw, I'm on the bandwagon, son. Get me in there. Get him in the UFC. <laughs> oh, mate, you're not feeling it, are you? Nah. What's the matter with you? Come on, get on the hype train. Listen, he, he, look, he looks the part and he's putting people away. There'll be kids up and great. down the land now thinking, oh, reality TV, I can do it. Anybody can do it. Let's do it. Let's get, let's get the gloves on. Let's get in there. I think when he, I'd seen someone had wrote an article saying he was um, looking to fight CM Punk. Uh, that's the level. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the and level. that's cool, man. Fight CM Punk. That you know, it's never going to happen. But yeah, that that's his level. Um, and I'd seen he'd called out Baby Slice, which could potentially happen in Bellator as well. You know, he's another absolute novice, cool man. That that's your level. And before we jump, you know, before we call, let's just call it what it is. This got. As far as I'm concerned, Bama, a terrestrial TV channel with ITV4, yeah. which over in the UK, man, that's fucking awesome. Potentially that does mad numbers. And you know what? It gives the people who are else on this card an opportunity to show what they're all about on Good TV Network. But it is what it is. It's a reality TV star dipping his toe into MMA. You know, yeah, no doubt he's training every day and doing whatever, but it is what it is. He ain't going anywhere. He ain't going to win anything. Yes, they're going to protect him as long as they can. And you know what? He's with the right organisation to do that because Bama put on good fights, mm. let's say that categorically. Bellator will eventually take him over to there if they think he's going to do good numbers. And Bellator, as we know, 
are great at building fighters and fight absolutely nobody. Hmm. Michael Venom Page, for instance, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. he's built up this incredible record and fought absolutely nobody. So I think they could do the same thing with Aaron Chalmers. Does he sell anywhere outside the UK? Of course he doesn't. But as long as he puts bums on seats in the UK, great. But let's not get carried away. I've seen the, the absolute fucking scumbag newspaper of this country, which is still going. Any cunt that buys that paper needs have to have just, a quiet word with themselves. Have you just dropped the C-bomb on the just show? Just dropped the C-bomb. I hope my mum's not bloody listening. Jeez, Mate, you I dropped the C. That word's the only, the only time <laughs> I ever use that word is in association with that so-called ragtop newspaper. Jeez. And they run an article on Sunday. How do you know? What are you doing reading it? Because someone on my Twitter line had retweeted it for me to see. Right. And they wrote an article saying... Alan Chalmers on a collision course with Conor McGregor, and that sums up that newspaper, and that sums up the level of absolute nonsense they're willing to pull out purely for clickbait. But this is what it is. I'm not knocking the kid. He's a novice. Great. Enjoy the journey. And it is what it is. It's a, it, it's a sideshow to what actually is going on at these events, and that's some real fights. All right, love. All that's right. what I'm saying. Are you, there? Are you all right now? Kid? Are you okay? I like his ink. Yeah, he's got good ink. Yeah, man. Uh, to be fair, um, that's near enough us done uh, for 2017 uh, on our UFC show. We are going to preview UFC 219 in a moment, but we've got a special show coming up to you this Friday. It's going to be available Friday, December the 22nd. It's an amalgamation of our boxing and UFC where we review the whole year. So make sure you download it. It'll be the final one of the year, all right? So make sure you get stuck in. Uh, UFC 219 finishes off the year. Cyborg, the champion of the women's featherweight division, taking on Holly Holm. Holly doesn't fancy this. She's just come out for a few quid. At the end of the day, you'd anticipate that Cyborg's going to be too big and too strong for her. However, do love the preacher's daughter, mate. I hope yep. that she does land a big head kick and uh, you never know. Absolutely. Listen, I've been panning this card ever since it get, got made and it's not necessarily the card I'm unhappy with. It's the main event. I just think it's a bit of a damn squib main yeah. event to finish. I think it's a bit of a mismatch. I think Holly Holm's been strong-armed into this fight. But absolutely, categorically, what you've just said, I hope Holly Holm puts it to fucking kip. Mm. That would be amazing. It'd be an amazing end to the year. Obviously, I don't see it happening. Uh, if Cyborg tries to stand and, and, and box Holly Holm, she'll probably lose. But I think Cyborg's just going to be bigger, stronger, a lot more aggressive. Um, and, you know, I, I think she'll probably get the stoppage in this. I just hope Holly Holm lands one of those head kicks like she did against Ronda and wobbles her. Because if Cyborg gets wobbled, Holly Holm can finish her. Categorically, she can finish her. Um, but I just think we've got to get there first. That's just the main event. But the, you know what? The rest of the card... It's decent, man. I love the rest of the card. Does could be McWait? Probably not. Right, okay then. So scrap that. We're not going to preview Probably Khabib. Probably not. It's, yeah. a great, it's a great looking fight. Khabib against Edson Barboza. But Khabib won't make weight. Exactly. He never does. Uh, your boy Carlos Condit's back in action, mate. Oh, mate. You know what? For years, and Dan, Dan when, he, when I speak to him, he'll kill me. Over, but for he was my number one guy, man. Was he? When I was, when I was editor of the magazine, when I, the day I got there, I was like, I'm getting Carlos Condit on the cover of this magazine. I was determined because he'd never been on the cover before because I fucking love him. Natural born killer himself. Uh, absolutely, for a few years, my favourite fighter in the UFC. Incredible to see him back. Uh, he's been out for a long time, obviously. Great comeback. Nearly two Neil years, Magni. mate. Yeah? Because if you think about it, last this time last year when we were putting our awards together, Lola Condit was yeah. one of our fights of the year contenders. That was that, from like January that, or February. The mate, the first week of January it happened in 2016. Wow. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible, yeah. So therefore, incredible. he's been out for nearly a full two years and yeah. he's back against Neil Magnet. It's a good little fight. No, he fought Damian Meyer, didn't he? Didn't he fight Damian Meyer? He lost to Damian Meyer, didn't he, afterwards? So it must be less than that. 
Oh, can't man. be a full year. Can't be two years. Well, that fight's two years ago. Yeah, yeah. The so Lola fight. He fought Damian Maya since then. I'm not too sure when, but it was after then. He lost the. He got submitted in the first round. So, but it's great to see him back. Obviously, the big question here is what's he got left? You know, what's he coming back for? Is he coming back because financially he needs to make more money for, to support his family? Or is he coming back because he genuinely wants to run at the title and mm-hmm. he's bigger, badder, batter, uh, bigger, better and badder than ever before? Hopefully it's the latter, but we'll certainly find out. And Neil Magny's a great opponent for a comeback to win because Neil Magny... For all his you know ambition at welterweight division, he does kind of feel like the gatekeeper towards the top ten, doesn't he? He's yeah, not yeah. really a he's a guy that we've talked about for a long time, but we wouldn't we've never really gone Neil Magny and title. We've gone Neil Magny's got to do this, this, and this to get to the title. But if you beat Neil Magny, it's like oh another win. You've, you're on your way to a title shot. So he feels like a bit of a gatekeeper. Great fight for Carlos Andre, but great card and your boys back here as well. My Mark, boy, Mark Jacasey, my 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 man, Re- just, that, rebuilding that, here. Yeah, I wanted to just finish on that because he he set off like a blooming train in the UFC, um, and then he was his last time out, he got absolutely kiboshed. Did the kid? This I genuinely think Mark a little bit away, reassessed, got himself back on there. I don't think it's going to be as flashy this time. I think he's going to be very clinical. Yeah, and I think he'll get a job done against Dan Hooker. It's a good fight. Mm-hmm. He'll have to take his time with it. But I think um, I think Mark will come through and then set himself up for a big 2018. Hopefully, we will see him on uh, UFC uh, London. London. Hopefully, we do because I love the guy. Yeah, well, since he moved over to to AT and T, of course, in, in in Florida, we've we've heard nothing but good things from from Mark. He's saying he's added so much more to his game, being in a much bigger camp and moving from the UK over to America, and he's going to do this, this, and this. And then, unfortunately, he goes and loses to Jack R. Closer and. We look back on that fight and we go, oh, he, he got saved there. But he actually lost the split decision, you know. It wasn't like he got battered. He, he deserved to lose. But I, I, hopefully I don't think that affected his confidence too much. I'm the opposite. I think we're going to see a super flashy Mark Jacasey. Yeah. I think we're going to see a vintage Mark Jacasey this week on, uh, mm. in, this, in this fight. Because I, I, hope so. I genuinely think he's wants to prove a point and go, I ain't got, just because I've lost one, I ain't going back into Michelle. I didn't get sparked in the first round. It hasn't affected my confidence. Yeah, I got caught up in the wrong fight yeah I, I probably had the wrong game plan but you're going to see vintage Mark Jacasey I think we're going to see a performance bonus winning Mark Jacasey here against Dan Hooker and that'll set him up magnificently some viral for a big push some viral stuff for social media you reckon some uh, Mate, some crazy little kick that's thing that's the way he fights that's the way Mark fights man I hope so yeah, Mate, yeah. I hope so that's why I fell in love with him because that's the thing that gets you going doesn't it but I, I personally think that it'll be He'll be thinking more about the victory. He'll want the victory. But I hope that I'm wrong. And I hope that he comes in there, gets the victory in a flashy way, yeah. does a little bit of a spinning back dance, all that type of stuff, with some crazy red air shit that he's got going down. Uh, and that sets uh, sets the fans on fire, mate. Because, let's be honest, I think it's going to need it with, as you've just said, the main event not being one that gets you yeah. gets your juices flowing, especially with us predicting that Khabib will fall off the scale. Well, that's again. it, exactly. <laughs> you know what? I feel like we can't, we can't, we we need to skate over Khabib. We can't go big on it. No. If it happens, great. It's a great fight. Great, but let's not get, no, no. let's not get invested in it. Let's not get invested in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather eat humble pie in the new year and go, what an amazing fight. How good was Khabib? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, make sure you enjoy that card. It's happening on New Year's Eve Eve. It should be an absolute cracker. Uh, and the reason why we're previewing it now is because we are done with the world of UFC for 2017. It's been an absolute pleasure being in your company. Make sure you come and download our review of 2017 on Friday, December the 22nd. We're having two full weeks off and your next download 
uh, will be on January the 9th. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.